Hello, welcome to This Is Everything, episode number five, with guest Jason Sowell. Uh, again, just another quick intro. Um, this is actually a pretty long episode, our longest yet, so I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, Jason is a guy I met uh, whew, maybe like eight years ago. Um, we met in a crazy way, uh, kind of out in Los Angeles on a mission trip we were on. So we uh, we hooked up since then, and he has a nonprofit organization called Current, um, and since then, I've been uh, helping him out. We've, we've worked together with that nonprofit. He's just been one of my best friends ever since. So in this episode, we kind of uh, talk about how we met and the crazy way that happened and how that kind of led to uh, some some really big impacts on our life, like uh, me meeting my wife and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, we go into that. We, uh, of course, go into some nerdy stuff, as he and I do. We talk about uh, different comic book movies, and, and, uh, and then we talk about... Uh, he and I both uh, played saxophone in the band and, and kind of how that affected us um, being creative people and, and uh, just art and music in general. And uh, we have a have a, a lot of fun fun talks. So thank you again for listening. Um, I'm glad you guys have made it this far and you're following along. If you want to follow any of our stuff from State Lines, again, all the stuff is um, statelines.com. Obviously, state-lines.com. Uh, Facebook is um, facebook.com slash statelines. Twitter is at tweet state lines, Instagram at state lines, Tumblr's official state lines.tumblr.com. And uh, you can follow me uh, directly on Twitter at Daniel underscore Cura. And uh, yeah, follow Jason. Um, he's at Jason Sowell, J A S O N S O W E L L. And uh, check out Current. Um, they got a lot of really, really cool outreach program stuff going on um, to help uh, communities, and that's at engagethecurrent.org. Yeah, so um, that's about it, guys. Thanks again so much for uh, for uh, tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode number five of This Is Everything with my guest and friend, Jason Sowell. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have the one, the only. Welcome to the State Lines Network. <laughs> How you doing, man? I saw you pull up, and then I saw you just chilling out there. Um, he'll put that stuff on this table. It's picking that stuff up. Um, yeah, because we're having a roof leak in our in our house, so the repair those are the repair people. Oh, gotcha. But I called I called earlier today, and I made sure like to tell them about it. But I made sure to tell them like just make sure you call me tonight's not going to work because we're going to be recording and stuff and. It was like a different lady who dispatches them. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then as soon as you pull up, <laughs> they pull up to do it. Well, they're going to tarp like the inside of our roof or ceiling. Oh, okay. They were right behind, or I was right behind them. And they pulled into your driveway and I was like, do they, I don't think they know where they're going. <laughs> like they pulled in and stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were just turning around in your driveway. So I was sitting there and I was like. Yeah, oh. I saw something happening out there. That's great. I had a I had a feeling like I I specifically told him like tonight's not gonna work, no big deal. And I feel bad for her because she's really cool and she's like, man, they didn't tell me I was getting ready to go to church and they're like, I gotta uh. I gotta come and do <laughs> do Daniel's house. Oh, that's terrible. Oh man, but whatever. Cool. You're here. Finally. Yeah. Sorry about the Where's that? the back and forth. Yes, that's yours. Thank you. Your water. But yeah, so you tried to come the other day and then mm. got caught up. My dad decided it was lawn day. All these. I know you got all, all these workers coming to your house. Like, actually, don't really want to. We're not gonna put this up. 
I just that's what I thought. I want you to think this that. This is all fake. Right? <laughs> I want you to think that. I want you on the podcast. <laughs> just making it up just to not make you feel bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, funny. You've been mentioned. I think we've mentioned you like in every podcast. Really? You, you and Noel have been like mentioned, but not. Well, I was to say not seen, not heard in like every episode. That's funny. But um, just talking with like the first episode with was Haas. So like I met Haas through you. Mm-hmm. Like same with Brent. And then oh, yeah. that might have been actually maybe half the episodes. But so you're not. I like, mean, let's be honest. <laughs> most people in your life you met through me. Yeah. Your wife you met through me. Um, I'm just going to take credit yeah, for that. Yeah, you're yeah, you're going to take credit for it. <laughs> Let's go ahead. You, just for, just for, so you can put it on the record on the internet forever. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so I guess we can kind of, kind of start there though. But so I met, true, I met everybody through current, which was your, <laughs> um, is your nonprofit that I started getting into. When I was in college, but we met in L.A. on like a yeah. mission trip. I think Brent and I talked about it a little bit because then that was our crazy story of how he, he and I hooked up. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, small little circle from Amberlynn. Yeah. So far, it's been you, Noel, and Amberlynn. Like mentioned every episode. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> well, let me just add to it. Uh, I was just with Nate, so. Oh okay. Amberlynn, again. So. Is that his last name? Nate Amberlin? Yeah, they, Nate they Amberlin. substitute all their Nate last Young. names. Yeah, I just say Nate. I just say, I just reference people's, people, like, old school, you know, like in, the, in medieval times when it was like, where they're from. Da- Daniel of such and yeah. such. <laughs> Some of us are referring to people now. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, yeah, no, we just went to the, uh, uh, the Bucks training camp. Oh, okay. Yeah, my buddy was out there today, too. Was that... Ray J, where you were? Or was that one buck yeah, place? Yeah, or one buck place, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, my buddy does, like, summer camp and stuff. Sports summer camp, so I know he had a couple of them, like, at the stadium. Like, oh, taking nice. a tour with all the kids and stuff. But Nice. There were a bunch of kids out there today. Yeah, that might be why. It might have been, like, a special, like, camp. Oh, yeah, it Like, could a be. field they trip did, thing. Yeah, they did have a lot. Like, they brought some kids out on the field at the end for autographs and stuff. And there was a group of them that were all in like the same shirts, and then gotcha, some random kids. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so you and I, oddly enough, met up. I mean, you could probably tell the story better. I don't know. Um, met up in L.A. going back to Amberlynn because Stephen Christian mm. the singer had his nonprofit at the time, and they were just having a just a general just mission trip out in L.A. Yeah, and then you and I. Happened to be on the same trip, on the same week, and both happened to be from Tampa. Right. Which was bananas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there were three of us, I think, from Tampa, because Ken was there, too. Yeah, Tampa that's Ken. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we had just started Current and, like, trying to figure stuff out, and that was one of the... That's right. I remember you were, like, testing out the the waters of, like, the nonprofit, like, how to run, like, a trip and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because we never really done any. I never really done much domestic mission stuff. All my experience was like outside, mm. outside. So and current was going to focus on domestic stuff. So uh, and it was kind of to begin with like all partnerships. Like and so that was one of the things that we were yeah. looking at partnering with. And that's right. 
That was also the trip I had my one and only experience with a hostel. Yeah, and same here. No, second. That was my first. I had I had two. I had the I had the. You know me. I don't have awkward situations. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, that was great. the most awkward situation. Uh, I feel I've like ever you had. should go into it. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell it. Um, so because they so this place we stayed at was a. Should we explain what a hostel is? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to explain a hostel. <laughs> I mean, I've seen one twice. They're not so big in the United States, from what I understand. They're, yeah, they're bigger overseas. But essentially, it's like a hotel, but not. Whereas you don't rent a room, you rent a bed in a room, right? And then for however long, like I've, it's more like a, a nomad kind of. You can just yeah. stay for, if I'm understanding right, you can stay like for as long as you want. Yeah, you just, I think pay, so. for, you just pay for that bed. And then, I call it a sleep orgy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty much like it's like an adult camp. It's true. Usually like in a dingy room. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not big in the United States, and this one, the, the one that we stayed in out there is actually, they don't allow Americans typically to stay there. I it's for that. Europeans yeah. or just non-Americans that are traveling the world to stay there, but they, because of what the trip was for, uh, the people that ran this place yeah. were into it, and so they, they let us stay there, but, so I came in a couple of days early, and they... So they blocked out a couple of rooms for our group, mm-hmm. but I came in a couple of days early, and so that block, that group block hadn't started yet. So that, okay, I got there, and I'd never been in a hostel before. I did not realize that you have to you have to get blankets and yeah, you have to bring towels all your stuff. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which this one actually provided, but they give it to you when you check in. But the people that ran the trip had already checked me in. Oh, okay. And they had, because they already got the keys and stuff for the room, so they, when they picked me up that night from the airport, they just said, "Hey, here's your key. It's your. This is your room number. Blah blah blah." But failed to mention that <laughs> you should probably stop by the front desk and grab your towels. Yeah, which yeah. only really like in a hostel, a front desk is not like at least in this at least in this one, it's not like it's a, just a desk like, like a hotel, front. right? <laughs> literally, yeah. it's not like it's I literally. No, there's the obvious front desk that I should check yeah. into. It's not a concierge. No. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a broom closet. Oh yeah, you need your blankets. Here you go. Uh, so I go to this room, and the only other people staying in the room is this couple from like Denmark or some mm-hmm. some place like that. And there's there's like I don't know five, six or seven bunks in this room, but they're it's me and them. And I come in <laughs> as they're getting out of the shower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> They're, so they're getting out of the shower, and I'm like, oh, hey, we kind of like greet halfway through the door, like, hey, I'm Jason, I'm staying in the room, blah, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll be back in a little bit, I'm just going to put my stuff down, and <laughs> so I left for a little, went down into the lobby area where they had like a, they had like a theater hangout room yeah, I remember that. area, so I just sat, sat down there for a while and watched TV, like, wait, this, this is weird, like trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> So, uh, so finally, I went back to the room, and uh, the two of them. So they're bunk beds, right? Those are their single person yeah, bunk yeah. beds. So the two of them, guy and girl, are in. Uh, they're on the bottom bunk together of one, of one <laughs> bunk, laying in bed together with like a little tablet, watching 
watching a movie or something yeah. when I come back. And there's blankets. So they have blankets, there's sheets, and then the bunk above them is sheets <laughs> and stuff. And I come back in and I'm like, there's no, I don't know, there's no blankets. Like, was I supposed to bring something? I don't know what to do. It was really awkward. And so I just got, you know, got dressed for bed and just <laughs> laid down on this bunk, took out my laptop and just... <laughs> Put my headphones in and started watching a movie, and I was like, I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to lay here and watch a movie and think about it. So I ended up falling asleep. But I decided, like, I'm going to get up super early tomorrow and shower. Because I went to the bathroom, too. I was like, oh, there's no towels. I don't know what to Yeah, and it's a shared bathroom in right, one room. Right, shared bathroom in this yeah. one room. So I was like, I don't really know what to do. So I'm like, I'm going to get up super early in the morning mm-hmm. and... I'm going to shower and get dressed and get out of here yeah. and just figure it out like from there. So I uh, so I did that. I got up the next morning and I go to take a shower and I realize, oh, there's no towels. <laughs> Except for one towel. There's a towel on the bathtub that's like had been drying on yeah. the bathtub. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I'm totally going to use this towel and just put it back. <laughs> So I did. I got dressed and all that stuff and then I I left. And then that night Kim came in came in town and Ken so I go to this coffee shop across the street until it's time for us to leave and the people I was with came and got me. And so I'm telling them about this and they're like, Oh yeah, you're supposed to go by the front desk and get your blankets <laughs> and all that and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm glad I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> so then so like later on, I just they, they were there for a couple of days, and then like the next day they they were gone. And my that couple, that couple, yeah. yeah. And I was like, somewhere, I hope somewhere in Denmark, years later, <laughs> there is a there is a couple talking about their world, their global trip, and this one time they were in L.A. <laughs> some weird American stayed in the hostel with them <laughs> and used their towel. Used their <laughs> They probably thought you were like a no serial blanket. killer with like no blankets, no, just like on a, just like a flat like bunk mattress. Um, oh, that's amazing. We, uh, I, the second time, because I think we shared a room on that trip together. Mm-hmm. So, um, at least in that room, like there's like I remember there were like lockers, so each person could get a key and like had, like lock your stuff away. The yeah. other one I went to didn't have that. I went to. Went on a trip to um, San Francisco. Actually, talked about this in Brent's episode um, about this trip. But yeah, so I guess that's not like a typical thing. So like that one was just. I think there were more bunks in the in the one I was in with also a con, like a a connecting bathroom. But yeah, I guess I mean nothing got stolen. It's pretty cool, but it's almost just like a trust issue of like, <laughs> well, also I'm leaving all my crap here. Like they're leaving all their crap here. So. And also, I have to spend the night here, so... True. I think it's more of, like, a a weird trust thing. But I feel like, also, that might not be such an issue overseas. That might be just, like, an American worrying about stuff getting stolen all the time. Yeah, they, thing. they could be. Probably, well, especially with that situation, I feel like they're used to hostels and stuff, so it's yeah. more like a... But, um... <laughs> my, my second experience with a hostel uh, was... So it was. I was in San Francisco with Brad, who was actually on our third, my third episode. But we were on a trip with. It was like us two, and then his sister was out there too. So we were staying at a hostel, and then 
I think it might have been the night we came in. He and I just kind of went off on our own and like bar hopped around like downtown San Francisco. Right. Um, had a good time. Just hit a whole bunch of bars. Kind of got lost and then <laughs> found our like kind of got lost. Got very inebriated. But then the only way we found our way back was kind of like a cookie crumb trail of like finding all the bars we had been to before because <laughs> we didn't have like I don't think I had like a smart I might have had a smartphone at that point but like whatever just out of state and stuff so we didn't really like have like right. couldn't map our way back so we're like oh we went to that bar before so on the way back we'd hit every bar that we had gone to before nice. so the time we got back into um, the hostel got back into our room I remember I'm pretty sure like I was sitting I was sleeping on like the top bunk and Brad had claimed like the bottom bunk we got in, and, like, we got in the room, and Brad started, like, climbing into some totally random bunk. <laughs> and, like, just unaware, and I'm like, no, Brad, I don't think, I don't think that's yours. He's like, oh, crap, yeah, okay. So he gets to into his. So flash forward, like, 30 seconds, Brad curls up into his bunk, and as he's getting in, a guy who I guess had checked in while we were gone came out of the bathroom and got into the bunk <laughs> that Brad was just climbing into. <laughs> and I kind of wish I wouldn't have like called him on it because that guy would have just like curled <laughs> up into bed <laughs> with a random drunk dude. Oh, that would have been amazing. And then the best part is the next morning, um, so we didn't wake up super early because of we had been drinking and stuff. And then <laughs> wake up the next morning, I looked down at that that bunk that that guy had been, like, came out of the bathroom. And the thing is, it was dark, so we just, I just saw, like, this big figure walk out of the room and get into the bed. So, in the light of the morning, I see this guy awake on his computer, just laying on his side, shirtless. <laughs> he has a big old belly, and he just has his computer mouse on his belly. <laughs> so he's, like, using his stomach as a mouse pad, and he's just clicking. Like, I woke up to just, like, like random clicking noises, and I'm like, what the hell is it? I look down, and he's just like... Like, Burt Reynolds, like, half-naked <laughs> on the bed with a big old pot belly with his mouth on That's top. amazing. Oh, but, uh, man. So, I guess moral of the story is try a hostile state. It's fun. <laughs> I was going to go the opposite direction with that and say stay away from hostels. Oh, God. I feel like, especially after the movie, they, there, there was a horror movie named Hostel, it was just, right? Yeah, it, I don't remember much of it. I just remember <clears> it was a lot of just... Kind of like Saw. I remember I didn't see it. Yeah. So it was pretty much when like when Saw came out, then a whole bunch of those just like gore movies oh, came right. out. So yeah. I think it was one of those. I just feel like uh, I feel like my experience with the hostel was consistent with um, European vacation, National <laughs> yeah. Lampoon's yeah. European vacation depiction yeah. of a hostel. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, to be fair. The movie might not be incorrect. Like, we very easily could have been <laughs> murdered, but... Um, it's true. But, I mean, on the flip side, it was really cool, because, like, at the one in San Francisco, we... There was a girl who ended up staying in our room. I can't remember. She might have been from Germany. But she was just traveling by herself, so she... She went out with the three of us, and we just kind of, like, made friends and walked around the city all day together. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's pretty... And she was there for, like, a day or two. Yeah, that happened in L.A. too. That's that's uh, one of the cool things about, I think, European culture because they're so used to yeah. that kind of stuff where they like, oh, I'm just going to go travel the world after college and they're used to being yeah. in environments like that where Americans are <laughs> like, no, I'm in my own room <laughs> yeah. away from everyone else. Yeah. No one talk to me. My own towel. 
Yeah, I would like my own towel, please. I just wish that story of you walking in the second time and you still not having any blankets, you would have asked them, like, wait, so room service hasn't come back? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, there was a moment of, like, I'm sitting there kind of getting, getting my stuff together and I'm looking at their bunk and the blankets that are on the top bunk that they're not using, I was thinking to myself, maybe it is like camp. Maybe (laughs) all the blankets are on top of that bunk over there and I should go take them off. (laughs) Like, just take what I need. Oh god, I wish so many different things would have happened. I wish you would have just gone to that bunk and taken somebody else's bunk. I mean, you took their towel, so. That's true. I did use their That situation in the morning, I feel like but I like walked in to take a shower and felt like his towel was still damp. But like, honey, did you uh, did you shower already? I know we're sharing a bunk and, and everything. I would have noticed, but uh I just want that. Want to know what that conversation was? Oh, me too. I really, honestly, I sometimes think about that story, <laughs> and I really do hope that they're that this couple is in a bar somewhere, yeah, and like this story randomly comes up, and they're like, "Listen, we got to tell you about this weird, this <laughs> weird time we were in America, and this weird dude stayed in our room." Uh, that's amazing. That's so good. Um, you mentioned uh, European vacation, and I, your thoughts on the new. Vacation movie? Mm. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, either have I. I and I'm really torn. I'm torn too. I want to yeah. see it because I love all the actors that are in it, mm-hmm. and I love the concept of the fact that it's they didn't sure. reboot it. Yeah. I like the fact that they at least somebody went. You know what? We're not going to reboot the movie. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're just going to do a new take on. We're going to hire a continuation. <laughs> the tenth actor to play Rusty. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, I'm torn on I feel like maybe without having seen it just watching the previews I feel like it's I feel like it could be good but I also feel like they're trying too hard yeah I like I'm gonna see it in full disclosure this is just my opinion but I'm gonna lay this down to you um I don't I'm just not sure about it like I want it to be good but also only have seen the trailer and it's a the red band trailer, right. and that already just the fact that it has a red band trailer threw up flags to me because like mm. the the original vacation movies, like I loved them since I was a kid, but like and I always thought they were funny or whatever, right? But the great thing about it was <clears throat> the adult humor was like subtle, so right. like my parents were laughing about crap that I had no idea what they were laughing about until I grew up. Yeah. Whereas in this one, I feel like it's less of a it doesn't feel like a vacation movie. It feels like the hangover or yeah or, you know what i mean like it yeah. feels like more of a 2015 raunchy for the sake of pushing it yeah so for example the originals might have made a subtle dick joke mm-hmm. whereas in the trailer you just see thor's dick just like in your face like straight up you know what i mean like right so i feel like it i feel like it might be a good just general raunchy 2015 comedy right i feel like if i go into it expecting like the feeling of like a a vacation movie it might bum me out a little bit yeah yeah i can see that i think i feel like that they are doing kind of what everyone's trying to do now like oh we have these we have these properties that were really good and let's just build our own quote-unquote universe around it yeah so the marvel yeah so i feel like they're Instead of rebooting it, let's leave those movies what they were, but let's continue the story. Yeah. 
And I think probably in their head they're like, let's do this one, and then we're going to make another one down the road. Sure. Like we're going to just continue on with this thing. But yeah, it's all about franchises, no? Yeah, which is weird. I will tell you what I did see, though, that uh, I'm pretty sure you won't want to see. It's Fantastic Four. Yeah, no, I'm. I want to see it, <clears throat> but I don't want to pay for it. So I'm going to probably wait till like it's on Redbox or. Yeah. Um. Here's the problem. For I, talk, me, I talk about. I mean, we talked about this with Reed in the last episode, but uh, yeah, it just felt too, too much like too too cash grabby for me. Yeah, my pro. So I did see it mm-hmm. and I paid for it, <laughs> and the, and the the uh, the struggle I have is that I want to see it again, but I don't want to pay for it again. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard a lot. I mean, you could probably confirm this but from what I've heard because it, it's like all over it's probably like the most talked about movie but also the worst movie of the year yeah. from what I've heard Yeah. so like I was I was watching some like I guess it might be like a podcast that they just like like record and like with cameras and put like on YouTube right Um. but it's uh, from what I heard the whole second first of all I heard like they that Fox took the like kick the director out of the edit room, mm-hmm. so they control the edit. So I feel I heard that it's like edited like a child, like cutting scenes and pasting scenes together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yeah. And then also, apparently, because it's the same director that did Chronicle. Yeah. And apparently, you can kind of like the first part of the movie, it kind of feels like he has a touch on it, and then like the second or it might be like the third act. Yeah feels like a totally different third movie. act for sure yeah it's like yeah. a completely different movie from what i've heard yes and there's some things about it i didn't i didn't really like i noticed certain things but i didn't really know how to put them into words what the things were that i noticed yeah. until i read reviews after mm-hmm. like i read an article about it after and i was like oh that's what i noticed yeah like one thing that stood out to me in the in the third act especially is uh like kate mara's character Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the Invisible Girl. Yeah. Her hair complete, like obvious that she's wearing a wig, like completely different okay. hair. Yeah, yeah. Style, which I get. All right, it's like takes place. The third act kind of takes place like a year or something later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, yeah, maybe your hairstyle changed, but not that much. <laughs> like you went from a you went from a cool like the stringy like yeah uh, you know chopped up kind of style to like. Uh, 50s mom like <laughs> swoop over kind of hair awesome. look you know like it's glaringly different but yeah you could tell yeah it's pretty choppy but you could tell a big difference in the when you get to the third act completely mm-hmm. and I haven't seen a I haven't seen a a comic book movie or superhero type movie that the the ending battle was so boring and yeah that's quick. what I heard too I heard like the last 10 minutes <clears throat> was just like awful out of nowhere yeah. like anticlimactic and, and like they rushed it yeah that's what well part of it might be I mean again it's all speculation but like I heard well cause when they originally announced well when they originally announced the movie nobody really wanted it anyway but when they announced like some of the the synopsis like the kind of like they'll, they'll tease like the general right. or whatever like yeah. a sentence long thing <coughs> um the Doctor Doom <coughs> character was like totally different. Like he 
wasn't named Victor Von Doom, um, and he was supposed to be like more of an internet, like he's supposed to he's supposed to have like a screen name of like Doctor Doom. And it was oh. more of like a social, like an internet. They didn't act- do that with the exactly. Movie, well, he was supposed to be like an internet activist, and apparently, like everybody, like everyone that when that came out, everybody hated the idea. Mm. So apparently, you can tell me this, but the whole Doctor Doom part was just retconned for them to be like, oh well, no, we're just kidding. He's he's Doctor Doom, and then it was just kind of like spliced in there at the last minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels. It feels like they they kept that theme of Doctor Doom throughout because they referred to him as Doctor Doom mm-hmm. in a in a sarcastic like because he's so he's they refer to him in like he's uh, he's so like down on things that are going on in the world like yeah. he's so like very depressive <clears throat> and so someone refers to him as yeah there's Doctor Doom over there gotcha. kind of thing. Um, but yes, when he does show up mm-hmm. in the third act, it's personally I felt like his look I thought was cool and how they how they pulled it together and why he looked the way he looked. Um, yeah, in the storyline I thought it was fine. It makes like, sense. Yeah, yeah I've only seen the picture and out without knowing it, it <clears> looks kind of weird. But yeah, the reason I get it, seen it. Yeah, I get it from the story in <clears throat> in the story why um, why he looks the way he looks and what happened. So okay, cool. Yeah. No worries. That cool. like I was cool with that. What his what he did? It was very. This what I, I was not expecting. It was much darker than. Hmm. It's pretty gritty. Like when he shows up and he starts causing his chaos. At least in on planet Earth, mm-hmm. it's pretty gritty. What he does. I mean, okay. it's kind of it's it it's borderline scary. Like wow, okay, that's like if a kid was watching it, it'd be pretty. Okay, it'd be. Uh, but. On the positive side, I'll say, um, I'll give him this. They, it was much more sci-fi-ish than it than comic booky. Yeah, and that's the thing that, like, I mean, again, I haven't seen it. <clears throat> the thing I'm torn with is like, apparently, I just don't feel, from what I've heard, that director. I feel like that director wanted to make a sci-fi. And he's used to indie stuff, and I yeah. feel like he just wanted to make a sci-fi movie. But the thing is, you can't use something like the Fantastic Four as that platform because then people, are, it's not what it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it has those those. I, I think, mean, the Ultimate Universe has those qualities to it, but like I feel like he, I he think might that's have he was pulling from he. Yeah, he might have tried to make. I don't know, and I just don't feel like Fantastic Four needed the gritty Dark Knight reboot. Right, because it's. I mean, you got a guy that just is like Stretch Armstrong. How gritty, honestly, can you get with it? Right, and doing like the sarcastic, like Doctor Doom thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I get it, but it also feels like it's. It might be just trying really hard. Yeah, to be to be gritty, and then also just kind of make fun of the fact that <laughs> that real character's name is Doctor Doom. Right, you know. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, it's a weird movie. Like that's, it's weird that I didn't. I walked out of it going, eh, all right. Yeah. But that I also want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. like I don't know why I want to see it again. <clears throat> I feel like I kind of want to see it again just so I can, okay, I've seen it once through. Now, yeah, let me really pay attention. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. And there's just no, the character development was weird. There was no real chemistry between them as a group. That's you something don't really I read, too, that the, 
apparently it's easy to it's you can kind of tell that like and apparently there are report quote unquote reports I mean it's all speculation but like on on set like the director didn't make it like a, a fun environment so like it kind of comes out on <clears throat> on screen that they're just kind of like the actors kind of feel like disjointed and just kind of going mm-hmm. through the motions kind of yeah which is interesting because I, I listened to a podcast recently of <clears throat> Josh Trank talking about yeah. yeah talking about the movie um and making it and this is prior like this podcast happened prior is this, to uh, Fat Man on Batman yeah 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 yeah, I haven't listened to it, but I've heard um, about it. Yeah, so I've been listening to it, and it's obviously prior to all the drama about mm-hmm. the movie came out. And so he's very positive about it. He's very in the podcast. He's very much like, yeah, I. And he even met with Stan Lee, and gave gave Stan Lee like his his concept of what he was going to do with Fantastic Four. Yeah. And according to him, Stan Lee was like thought it was great. Like, yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. And, uh, um. So I I think he went into it. With a, with a, you know, pretty pretty stoked on it, and I think all the if all the people were involved that he says was involved, like, um, let's face uh, the guy that's been the main writer for the X Men movies. Oh and, uh, uh, yeah yeah, um, singer. Yeah yeah, or no not singer the the writer the oh, script I, guy. Oh I don't his name. Anyway. But he he looked at the script and helped helped write the write the script as well. Yeah, and then obviously somewhere somewhere along the line something. Well, yeah, I mean I've heard both. Something and I'm, real, and I'm not meaning to sound like <clears throat> it's all that guy's fault. Like obviously Fox has done bad stuff, and it sounds like it's been a combination of maybe just weirdness, but also <clears throat> Fox coming in and just taking control of stuff and yeah. doing like what Fox does. Yeah, but. true. No, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to hear him talk about his concept of what he wanted, how he envisioned the movie mm-hmm. being and what it was going to be, um, part of that comes out on screen, but then yeah, there's an obvious part of like, something really just took a turn to the left here. <laughs> it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, uh, going off not great comic book movies, I was re-watching, like as you got here, re-watching mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3. Yeah, because I was like, like a few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to rewatch um, just the the Spider." I really wanted to rewatch Spider Man too. Okay, but I was just like, "Yeah, I'll just start from the beginning." So I watched the first one, and then the second one, and it's taking me, taking me after the second one. It took me like two weeks to be like, "All right, let's just let's get it done with." And it has taken me. I just still didn't finish it. It's going to take me three days to finish the third movie, just because mm-hmm. I keep just stopping. And but the it's, thing, it's that boring too. It's, it's not. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not just here, like, to, to beat a dead horse with nobody, like, well, a lot of people not liking the third Spider-Man movie, but, like, I was watching it, I might have seen it a few times after, like, the first time, so this time I was actually, like, watching it to kind of pinpoint stuff, mm-hmm. and the weird thing to me is, like, it, I can't really figure out why, kind of like what you were saying, like, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, it feels... Or it should work, but something just doesn't feel right. right in it. Yeah, and it looks great. Like I was rewatching it, and like all the effects are freaking. Yeah. It, it's shot really well, and like um, even if you don't like the Venom character design because he's somehow skinnier than Spider Man is, but 
like he still looks good like the effects like right. on the face and stuff look yeah. good like but yeah something is just i mean and it goes kind of weird and silly with the whole like oh he's 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 all moody now so let's give him oh, like a swooping right. haircut yeah, and, like, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah it gets weird and silly and then the whole like yeah. jazz bar sidewalk dancing scene and like but true so yeah i mean it goes off the rail some i can definitely pinpoint that stuff but overall like it seems like it, it should have worked and then but there's just something right. underneath it where it's just like it's weird but also <laughs> the thing i noticed when i was watching it was so i paused it last night and just kind of went to bed and then when i picked it up before you got here it was right on the scene where like do you remember this, the scene where, like, he has, like, the, the black suit on underneath his clothes, and he's yeah. walking down the sidewalk? It's not the dancing scene. It's the one where, like, he's walking down the sidewalk, and, like, all the all the ladies are, like, looking at him and, like, mm-hmm. thinking he's cute and stuff. But the yeah. weirdest decision to me is, like, so in that in that movie, he's supposed to be, Peter Parker's in college at that point, so he's maybe, like, what, like, 22 at the most? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but right. all the actresses that they got to, like, be, like, giving him like sexy eyes or like in their mid 40s <laughs> it's just like i never caught it before i'm like yeah okay so mom's mom's did you like calm down man <laughs> that's true yeah it, like i mean that's some people's dream let's be yeah honest. i mean i wouldn't have noticed it had i probably not stopped it three times right and picked it up but i was yeah. like yeah i'm probably too old for i mean then again probably not noticeable because he because Tobey Maguire is probably like close to forty at that right. point. Yeah, he doesn't look. What year did that come out? You, do you remember? The third one was uh, two thousand seven. Because I just looked it up earlier. Yeah. Okay. I have a theory that um, prior to the Batman reboot, when Batman Begins, and Christopher Nolan's concept was <clears throat> Batman is a dark character. Yeah. But I want to. I want to make a Batman. That if in the real world Batman sure, happened, yeah. this it it could be believable mm-hmm. in the real world. Yeah. So with that, some of that came like a little more of the grittiness, the dark, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think because of the su- success of those films, my my theory is prior to that you had like Spider Spider Man worked. It was campy because Spider Man. If you look at comic book movies or just comic books in general. If you're going off true source material, mm-hmm. all of it's campy. Like sure. original Spider-Man it's all stuff, ridiculous. everything's campy. Um, a lot of the Marvel properties are all campy. Um, DC, there's some campiness to it, but they're a little bit darker because um, they really focus more on their villains than yeah. than um, heroes. But um, so prior to that, most most things worked, even though it wasn't it wasn't perfect. And they were made by other studios. Yeah, like even the first Fantastic Four, I thought was, it was what it was. was. Good. Yeah, it was great. What it's yeah. supposed to be. Um, you know, some of that campiness thing all worked. But I think when when Nolan came in and started making Batman the way that he made it, I think it changed the game because there. But prior to him, there was no real like. Um, uh, we're gonna like I'm gonna make a good film. Yeah, and it's just gonna it's just gonna be about a comic book feel, character. I feel like there are some, but there's a couple things that I wanted to touch on off what you just said. The first one being like, but even so, like in <clears throat> retro, like I watched this obviously in retrospect, and it still is. The first two are still 
Spider-Man are believable and mm-hmm. like I buy it because like I mean granted if you I mean you have to suspend all some kind of belief for mm-hmm. anything you're watching but the right. first two make sense like even like so the first one he gets bit whatever if you buy that then if you can buy like that a spider could do that to a person then right. you're set for the rest of that movie because his villain is just uh Osborne who just ha- is a normal dude that has all the tech right same kind of thing with the second one, uh, Doc Ock is just a guy who created the thing, and then you right. know what I mean. So it's yeah. just it's just buying the sci-fi part of it. The third one, I actually just noticed it was kind of loses the believability because not even because of the villains, because I feel like had they taken time, and it's part of like the reason part of it is because they had three villains in it, and it was kind of can designate the time for it, I guess, but. The weird thing that I noticed was everybody was cool with, like, oh, okay. So, like, in the movie, um, I forget Sandman's, like, the actual character's name. But, so he goes, he stumbles into, like, the the particle accelerator or whatever. Yeah. Gets whatever. So all that stuff is done <clears throat> solo just to him. Right. No one's there around for it. Spider-Man meets him once. A lot of people don't see it, and then all of a sudden you cut to the climax battle of the movie, and then like he's already like on the news, like Sandman is attacking oh, the city, and there's yeah. just a crowd of people like, oh okay, I totally buy that this giant sand dude is right. just walking around the city. Like, yeah, true. Like it went from it went from kind of buying it where it's just normal people with like technology to just like a sand monster in the middle yeah. of, of New York. It yeah, kind of, it's and, true. I mean, yeah, I didn't then, think about that. And then the Venom thing too. Like, I mean. They kind of shoehorned it in quickly. Well, I think I think Sony wanted that in there, and Raimi didn't. So I feel like that's kind of why they shoehorned in the, uh, oh, it's a th- random thing from space. Oh, and you know what I mean? Yeah. So they didn't really explain exactly what it was. But, oh, yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. It's weird. I think what I do think is interesting, though, is, like, they're making all these movies. What's fascinating to me is, like, we're t- they're at least trying to take take them serious. Yeah. Like, let's take these, these characters that, I mean, we went from 1960s Batman to, <laughs> right, what we have now, you know? Yeah. And, um, which I, on the one hand, I think is awesome, but then, you also have, um, I don't know, I guess choices of like, filmmakers. But even with Josh Trank, like, you could, I, if you've seen Chronicle, I, it's believable to me that you go. That guy's gonna make a great. Yeah, I hear. No, I don't think film. that he couldn't do it. I feel like it's, it seems like there are just a lot of different ideas coming to the table that, or maybe there are a lot. There was. I feel like there might have been like an idea that was agreed upon, and then as it was being made, Fox or wherever were changing those ideas as it was happening. Yeah, I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I can uh, see that and. Who knows? Part of that could be the fact maybe they're you know maybe actors were weren't happy on set and so Fox decided to start stepping in. And yeah, I mean it's all just speculative, whatever. Yeah. But who knows? Also, but going I, back to like the like the Nolan like Dark Knight and stuff, or actually going back to the Fantastic Four, I feel like that was the first, not the first time. I feel like that was the biggest time where they finally realized that pulling stuff directly off a comic book page doesn't translate. Like, Mm. that movie is essentially 
just like for lack of better terms like watching a watching a comic book mm-hmm. with like the campiness and acknowledging that it's kind of silly and whatever right. and then <clears throat> but it doesn't really translate to a to a live action movie all that great yeah and then but also going back yeah, to I like think there's I think sometimes yeah sometimes not not all the time but I feel like that's that might have been like the turning point like especially when Marvel started coming in like Iron Man was really deeply seated yeah. and it was just like real like he was True. in the Middle East and all that kind of, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. So, but also going back to like just Batman in general, yeah, Batman and Robin was uh, awful, but, yeah, because um, that's the one with Clooney, right? Yeah. Batman, Robin, yeah, that was the last one. But also, I'm glad that happened because had it not, that series would have kept going and we wouldn't have gotten the Dark Knight because the Dark Knight True. or uh, Batman <laughs> Begins was a reaction to Batman and Robin yeah. taking so bad, and then them not doing anything for like what ten years or, or whatever it was. Yeah, but um, yeah, it wasn't even that long. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was like like five. Yeah, five there was years. there's a documentary that I don't even know if it's out yet. I remember seeing like they were making like a, a Kickstarter for it, and like about I think it was probably about like the Batman movies, but uh, maybe even Batman and Robin just in general. But I, somebody was in the interview or whatever I saw said that um, it wasn't who did that one the shoemaker shoemaker yeah. yeah did that one apparently like on set he would say like tell the cast and crew like to remember like they were making a cartoon like that was the whole mentality of that movie that's why it's like yeah. the colors are like ridiculous and everything everything right. <laughs> Mr. Free said is just makes me want to scream yeah <laughs> yeah chill out yeah but uh yeah, so apparently, like, the whole mentality on set was we're making a cartoon that's just with real people. Right. Which is, which is weird, because I, I don't know how you go from you go from Tim Burton's Batman yeah. to that. Like, I mean, and even in Tim Burton's Batman, it's even, in some ways, like, it's kind of ripped from... Yeah, that's the one that worked, yeah, but... But it, uh... But it was a more serious take. It was the first like dark, darker yeah. look at Batman. But I think also that might come, come from more of like the studio stuff, <clears throat> because Batman and Robin, compared to Burton's Batman, is definitely more like kid oriented. Yeah. Definitely more uh, slapstick humor. More like. probably easier to sell like toys for and all that kind of stuff you know what I mean so I feel like they started narrowing in on that demographic and then that's kind of what yeah that's true want to get those those bat credit cards (laughs) I was thinking about that movie today I want to I haven't watched that that series in a while I've been wanting to buy like that whole I think they sell all four together in in like a a blu-ray set I've been meaning to buy them but yeah we should do a we should do a uh, watch party like watch a party Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman watch party yeah those that one about like with Val Kilmer and George Clooney man those two were just yeah wow the thing is too George Clooney I don't feel like he was terrible I just feel like he was he knew that movie was terrible yeah like he's well, he's what are you gonna what are you gonna do like there's only so much you can do right. in the script that you're given exactly so like um. Because he's even said like in like like he he's not shy about saying how what a crappy movie that was, but like 
he's pretty much flat out said like I I did the best I could with with what I was given like right they're like here's a pile of boop right do what you want with it Mr. Clooney yeah <laughs> go back to ER when you're done yeah but, exactly uh, but yeah same thing with uh if we're um kind of related to Batman but same thing with like uh Ben Affleck and Daredevil I didn't hate him in that movie mm-hmm. that was just a weird movie it was just yeah well that's another one that I feel like uh I didn't think it was terrible. Like for the time that that movie was made, yeah, it wasn't awful, but it just didn't just didn't land. It was yeah, something was off, but yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, and I, I thought he was I thought he was great at that at that character. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. But again, yeah, you can only do do what you can with what you got. Yeah, exactly. So I'm and when I'm you amazed. got bat nipples, <laughs> yeah, <you're right>. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do so much. You can, I mean, yeah. What are you gonna? Yeah, man. When they hand you a bat credit card and they give you bat nipples, my okay. My thing with that, like, I, like obviously, they couldn't. But my whole thing with that was with that movie. That, that does, like it had to have been a discussion because there would have been a red or would have been a flag that popped up with. All the dudes have nipples, but then Batgirl doesn't. Which, right. obviously, don't do that, because that would have been awful. Right. But somewhere, somebody would, must have caught, like, oh, these two guys got nipples, but her suit does not have nipples, so right. maybe we just don't put nipples on any of the suits. Right. Like, are think, we just going to pretend that women don't that have nipples? The, that like, would be the logic. Yeah, you would think that would be the logic. So. I don't know, man. I'm, I would really love to just sit in on... <laughs> on production meetings for for movies, yeah, because I am fascinated sometimes that movies even get made. Like, oh yeah, as, it's as a, much it's that it, as much that goes into it, yeah. Like, as bad as a movie it can be, I'm always like, all right, well, you, did, you got yeah. something done. Which, yeah, I can, I can't. Like, even Fantastic Four, for going back to that, it got made, <clears> which <throat> is amazing. But like, any, especially <clears throat> any big movie, like you got the studio <clears throat> and you obviously got the director and then the writer, or whatever. But then. For the big ones, you got all the people that put up the the pay for the budget, right? So it has to they have to have be happy with what what yeah. it is. Even true. Though all they're doing is writing a check for it. Yeah, that's true, dude. They spent over a hundred million on Fantastic Four, and you know, like their weekend take was like twenty two, twenty three. And that like. <clears throat> Yeah, that's bananas. I feel like we've done this has been the Fantastic Four podcast mm. <laughs> with, with one person who has seen it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that's seen it. True. Oh, but mm. um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I'll I'll watch it just because. Yeah, I'm a comic book fanboy, but I just my part. I just didn't want to give give any money to it, right? Because. It was just same thing with Sony and Spider Man. It was just Fox making a movie before they had to give the rights back, right? So yeah, it's true. If they got money, then they're just gonna keep doing it. Which apparently they're coming out and saying, "Yeah, we're still gonna make a sequel," <laughs> even though nobody wanted. Oh, are they? Nobody really? wanted the first one, and this, <laughs> and then that one tanked. <laughs> and then the first weekend, oh. they're like, "Nope, still doing it." I mean, give just him, flicking everybody <laughs> up. I know. I was gonna say, give him credit for like. Now nah, you know what we're forging ahead. We're I feel, gonna. I feel like Fox just like. <laughs> rings Stanley's doorbell and just punches him in the face and then runs away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
That's funny. I didn't. I didn't see that. That's crazy. Yeah, because there's speculation that like, well, the thing is, I'm not. I'm not here to like to, to shit on Fox because they do some good stuff too. Like Daredevil or uh, Deadpool looks amazing. Yeah. Look, like I'm honestly surprised that they made it rated R, which I, everybody was hoping for because if it would have been PG-13, it would have been gotten more <clears throat> families in there, whatever. And but it would right. have watered down the character. But again, same studio. But apparently there was talk of like substituting that they were going to substitute the Fantastic Four sequel which was already announced that's the thing too don't announce the sequel before the first one comes out yeah but it's already announced there's speculation they were just going to swap the Fantastic Four sequel with a Deadpool sequel Hmm. but then Fox came out and said like nope still doing it wow (laughs) screw you just uh, amazing yeah wow but yeah I mean what our Deadpool looks Looks good. Yeah, that does look that does look really good. Yeah, I'm excited about that. that. But anyway, um, (laughs) I knew we were gonna get into some nerdy random crap (laughs) right off the bat. Of course we are. Of course we were. But whatever. Um, so us two and Brent too, right? I feel like we have a special bond because you and I both. And maybe Brent might have to fact check, fact check, but we both played sax, oh phone, yeah. saxophone. Did Brent? I think maybe. Yeah, I can't. I remember. think he did. I think maybe you did. Uh, yes. Yep. Started playing the saxophone. Really cool band maybe. kids playing saxophone. Yeah, I even have a tattoo of a saxophone. <clears throat> oh man, that's how much I love it. What, yeah, man. What was uh the band life when when you were a kid? When I was, yeah. <laughs> um, because Jason's older than me. Man, yeah, I'll make it nice. I'm Way. younger than Jason. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, yeah, a couple days. It's going to be my birthday, too, so I'm going right. to be even older than you. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, band life. Band life was funny. Um, I went to a private Christian school, and I started playing saxophone when I was eight years old, and there was nobody... I didn't really have a saxophone teacher. Because okay. um, the, the school that I went to kind of had a band didn't didn't really they had kind of a music department but there was no real band yeah. to speak of and again I was 8 years old and uh, the guy that the guy that was in charge of all that was the the church's music director for the church so there was like a church orchestra and stuff like that but okay. he didn't he didn't play saxophone so a lot of it to begin with for me was self-taught and uh, the reason I started playing the saxophone is because I saw a Robin Williams movie that he played the saxophone. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this. My inspiration. I don't think so. Yeah. So, for, I don't remember why I got in my head that I wanted to play an instrument. Yeah. But one day I just told my parents like, hey, I want to, I want to play the saxophone, and they're like, Okay, why? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And I remember watching. The only thing I can remember is watching this movie with Robin Williams where he was. A Russian, it was like in the Russian National Orchestra or something like that. I don't, know. They, I don't think I've seen that one. It's called, uh, oh, what's it? Um, <clears throat> I forget, but yeah, if you look it up, it'll, it'll, uh, I'll look it up right now. Keep talking. Yeah, I forget what the name of it is. But anyway, so he's like a, he's, a, and so it's during the Cold War era, you know, like when the movie takes place. And he's, so okay. he's trying, they come to New York to, to perform. And so he tries to defect uh, from Russia while while he's in New York and this whole thing. 
But the only thing about the movie from my childhood that I remember was, and for some reason this is what inspired me to want to play the saxophone, <laughs> is there's a, like near the end of the movie, he is on the city bus and like get, forgets his saxophone or something, mm-hmm. like leaves his, leaves his saxophone and then he realizes it and the bus is driving away and he's okay. like, like chasing after it and he's uh-huh. like crying or whatever. Like, yeah. And I, that whole scene could be completely wrong because it could not at all be about his saxophone. <laughs> but in my head... He was so he was distraught over he left his, forgot a saxophone and that had been his life and all this and for some reason that inspired me like that's that's the instrument that I want to play and so I remember telling my parents when they said so, uh, why do you want to why do you want to play the saxophone and I was like that movie that movie he played the saxophone in it awesome so um, that movie is Moscow on the Hudson that's it Moscow on the Hudson thanks Google that's that's the one um, yeah so. Anyway, so I uh, so my grandparents bought me a saxophone, and I kind of awesome. ended up being self-taught. And um, when I a couple years after that, we got a the school hired an actual band director to start a band program, a music program in the school, and hmm. the the lady that they hired was a saxophone player. Okay, and uh, so she started teaching me, and um, kind of went from there. But yeah. I always I, my my uh, my statement about band directors now is um, I think I think most band directors should be in prison for child <laughs> abuse. <clears throat> if you've ever gone to a band camp, yeah, because like summer, especially in Florida, summer band camps like marching band, yeah, and everything is just it's like, pretty brutal. Yeah, you're it's like militaristic <laughs> mar- <laughs> marcher drills, you know. And <laughs> you know we're just uh, making pictures on the field, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Tone it down a bit. <clears throat> right. <laughs> we're not changing the world here, guys. We're making a triangle, right. and then we're making a square, right. and then let's, maybe, let's maybe a down. ship, maybe yeah, a pirate yeah. ship. Let's calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved band when I when I was in it and in middle school and high school. But yeah, yeah I did too. Those uh, our my high school. Was that plus like no sleep because, um, my high school was so overcrowded. I don't know exactly when it started. Might have been like my junior or senior year, but so they had to start splitting the schedules. So like, <clears throat> I think it might have been like all the upperclassmen would go to school at like a regular time, maybe like I don't right. know, what's that eight o'clock, something like that. I don't know, but so they would start at regular time, and then like the freshmen and maybe sophomores wouldn't start their day until like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. so it might have been like 11 o'clock so to kind of help I guess with like the con- so they would try to like schedule all the upperclassmen to have like lunch at the last period so they can essentially just oh, go yeah. home and free up the space in the in the right. room in the hallways so cool whatever but where that comes in is like for band practice I would get out of school at like two o'clock but then all the f- underclassmen didn't get out of school until like five, so I just had to hang out. You're just, just sitting around for three just hours. Just sitting. I mean, technically supposed to be doing homework, but so just hanging out. So then practice starts like at five or six, and then so you don't doesn't end till like nine. So literally at school for like twelve or thirteen hours. That's crazy. And then go home and <laughs> do it again. Maybe <clears throat> maybe do homework. Mm. Maybe eat and then do it. So yeah. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, the school schedules. I, mine was kind of like that, but we, 
we weren't, I didn't end up being there that late, but going to a small private Christian school made a little different. What was weird about ours, like in most schools you have, if you're in band, that's what you do. You play football, sure. that's what you do. Play basketball, there's not a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. Some of the sports will have some crossover, like some football players will maybe play basketball or baseball, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but in our, in our scenario, we had, we had both. Because I played, I played basketball and was in band. Um, and then we had guys that were on the football team that were also in marching band. So okay. at halftime, they wouldn't even change. They would just take <clears throat> off their pads, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and they would run over and yeah. uh, and do marching band stuff. And um, but it was a I don't know. I think it, for us it was a cool experience. I think partly because of the band director we had was just really good about um, you know this is not like this is not a com- competing with something else. It wasn't like you have to be in band and totally committed to that. Yeah, you know, it was. Um, and then the football coach and everyone else, you know, they all had a good relationship. So they were very encouraging to football players to be a part of that as well. Um, you know, cool. having that mix of artistic and sports and everything. So uh, really the people that got it bad in my school were the cheerleaders. That's who we made fun of. <laughs> like, even, like when the band kids are making fun of the cheerleaders, like, <laughs> you mean that's not normal. I mean, I, maybe it is. I don't know. But well, how was your reaction to like every High school movie ever like wait this is totally backwards what? yeah why, and like why are the why are the losers making fun of the band kids right exactly yeah that was kind of my that was kind of my experience because it wasn't like that for me yeah when I see movies now I'm like well that's not is that how it really is in, in school like all the all the super nerdy kids are uh, yeah I don't know it's weird because we I mean you definitely had that element of people yeah in in band but I guess maybe because it's such a small school you didn't have yeah, you didn't have as much segregation with all that stuff, um, but yeah. Now thinking back on it, like man, it's pretty bad if the if the band kids are making fun <laughs> of. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. <laughs> the, you know, that's when the so um, so I don't know. It was a cool experience for me growing up, and then I got to learn a lot of different instruments, and that's where I guess my natural talent ended up was in music but then I got to a point where I had done it for so long because I started when I was eight years old and then I got into high school yeah. and I was like all right I want to do something else yeah and so started playing sports and then my then my band director got upset with me because I stopped <laughs> I started doing less was, music yeah. and I was kind of the flip sports. side I did like sports and stuff when I was like in elementary school and <clears throat> in middle school I played football and was in the band and then in high school, I had to drop something, so I dropped football just because, like that schedule I told you, I just yeah. couldn't, I just couldn't do it. But um, speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, of band teachers being mad at you, I was actually telling this story. I might have been talk- talking to Noel the other day, but so Brad, who was previously on the the podcast a couple episodes ago, um, we talked about how he and I met in band in middle school, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> he's just like. He was quote unquote in band. He pretty much had the class, and he sometimes had an instrument. Yeah. But uh, just a, <clears throat> his uh, slacker band student. But so he didn't take band in high school and never did. But so our our band director in middle school came in right when we started. Like so, the year we came into sixth grade, the old band director in the middle school left, and then our new guy came in, and then. <clears throat> Same situation happened when we were going up to high school. 
but then our middle school director went up to high school with us. So we had the same band director all the way through. Okay. Yeah. So, so our band director knew all of us, but apparently didn't know that Brad wasn't in band anymore. <laughs> so like Brad like had like a folder and like like kept getting like music and like <laughs> sheet music and stuff. And like Brad would just like hang out with us like in the band room, just like skipping class and stuff. And right. <laughs> I remember I was telling Noel, I remember one time the band director like yelled at Brad like Brad, why aren't you playing? And he's like, I'm not in band. I haven't been in, <laughs> I haven't been in band for a year. <laughs> oh my gosh. How does that happen? Oh, it's so great. That's funny. But, yeah. The band was great, man. I, it def- and like, it defined a lot of who I was, especially back then. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, everybody has that place that they find. They mm-hmm. can kind of figure out who they are. When yeah. they're in high school, or at least in that time in your life, um, music was that was that place for me. Music was really uh, there's a lot of stuff about music. Like even now, when I listen to bands, I don't even uh, I like half the time don't pay attention to the lyrics because I got so used to just p- yeah. listening to music, you know. And uh, there's music is fascinating to me because. Uh, of how much you can communicate with music that without any words, yeah, you know, there's so much you can feel from somebody. I remember the fir- one of the first times that I performed a, like solo stuff, and my band director saying to me like, "I was so good." I fortunately I had a lot of talent, and so you know, would play a lot of competitions or yeah. won a lot of different awards and stuff. But I remember like one time learning this piece, and it was all technical and like all that, and it was you know spot on. And I remember her saying to me, yeah, it was great. Now you just need to have a girlfriend that breaks up with you, that breaks your heart. <laughs> because there's something in the, there's like, it's great that you know the technique and you, like, all right, that yeah. was great. But when their music is lost, I think, without the emotional element of like, yeah. what I'm playing <clears throat> is like, I'm feeling coming that. From and it's coming from, yeah. the, from that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about, because I mean, I go all over the place with like what I listen to, and I was thinking mm-hmm. about just like metal music the other day, and I listen to a lot of heavy stuff sometimes, a lot of metal stuff, but, and I can enjoy super technical stuff, like mm-hmm. just straight technical, like uh, drum and guitar shredding or whatever, but I can't, like, I, I just can't latch on for like, <clears throat> uh, after a couple songs, and then yeah. like a good example was... I was at a show one time, and one of the bands that were opening the show were were like that, and it was like no, it was just all instrumental. Yeah, and like it was it was a good show, like there and they were great, but I just I checked out just mm-hmm. because. I mean, I, and it could be just my own personal. Like I'm not saying that they don't have meaning behind what they're doing, but right. I just feel like I feel like I with if it's super technical, I get to the point where I just can't like it doesn't leave you room to kind of like breathe and like compress like what you're what you're hearing or whatever and I just can't I can't sink my teeth into it too much so yeah I like a lot of good if we're talking like heavy technical stuff a lot of good I like a lot of good like heavy music but like also where you can just kind of take a break or it's not just constantly in your face like just shredding all the time or whatever right so a good good power chord every now and then yeah (laughs) yeah I agree they're, like I'll listen to I'll listen to something that is probably not great, mm-hmm. but because I, you know, 
the emotion that's in that's in it. Like you can tell the difference with somebody that's singing something, and like, yeah, you believe that. Like that's at the core. Yeah. You know, if you wrote this and it's lyrics, like that's what you. Yeah. This was written from you. There's yeah, a absolutely. distinct difference from that, and it might not be great, but you'll you'll jive with it even if it's not great, just because. Yeah, I get it. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's always a weird line as far as like me writing music, and I can't figure out if I'm just in my head about it or if I'm towing it. But like, getting like I like a lot of a lot of um, bands or, or writers who like do pull like very specific personal things to the point where like even if they like name names or like a certain like thing that happened or just like a certain object or something you know what I mean yeah and it can be really good in for like what you're saying but it can also run the risk at least in my head or I'm in my head about it of like it just sounding dumb like you know what I mean yeah. like or to the point where you're getting too specific where people <clears throat> don't relate to it anymore yeah so. yeah I, you know I so a few months ago I went to uh I was in Southern California. I went to this two-day thing with a guy named Rob Bell. Yeah, who yeah. I saw some him. people will know. We saw yeah. him uh, about a month ago. He came through with Pete Holmes. Yeah, they that's did right. The, the yeah. joint tour. Yeah. So I went to this two-day thing with him. We're just a small group of uh, business leaders, or just you know, you can you can go to it as a random person. But it's like really small, kind of intimate. Just two days with him of like coaching on, um, you know purpose and business leadership and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he made a he made a statement in there. He was telling a story about some stuff that he's written and this idea this like book and character, children's book character idea that he has and like uh-huh. a couple other book ideas that he has. And um, he made a pretty fascinating statement. And I think this applies to music too, like what you're talking about of writing stuff that for you you feel it but you also feel like, ah, this is probably dumb and no one's gonna want to hear this thing. Yeah. Um one of the things that he said, and he encouraged everyone. He so he's telling this story about this children's character, and like had this whole had this whole thing done. Had an artist like render all this stuff, and he's like, "This book is like I had it printed, everything." <laughs> he's like, "It's sitting in boxes in my garage." <laughs> like my publisher, everyone, like anyone that showed it to my publisher, like I'm super excited about it, and yeah. like it's from in here for me. Yeah. So, but you know, they're all like, "Yeah, no, this is not gonna." Go anywhere, kind of thing, yeah. you know. And so, but he made a fascinating statement. He said, "He said, I learned that there are some there are some things that um, that are just for me. Like, yeah. I need to write. Like, I needed to write what that is, mm-hmm. but that may not ever be for anyone else. It may just simply be that I needed to write this because it was what yeah. was in here, was inside, and I need to get it out. And I did that, and it's out, and I can see it." My family can see it, yeah. But it may not translate to anybody else. Yeah, that makes sense. Way. I would, <clears throat> I would agree with that, and then also say, why did his publisher let him pay for it to be made <laughs> before well, saying he just hey, did it on his? Oh, own. okay. <laughs> he paid for it himself. Like no, no. Like because his publisher told him no, and he's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, like so he's like, yeah, I just have this whole. Well, because he start. Like, I understood that as the publisher, like, yeah, go ahead, print it. Oh, oh no, no, this no. is terrible. <laughs> no, he pitched it to them, and they were like, yeah, no, okay, and he did it. Himself. And he was gotcha. like, no, this is this is gold right here. Mm-hmm. I've got it. And so he went and did it. Himself. I gotcha. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, it still didn't still didn't go anywhere. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting, fascinating thing. 
So I look at music the same way, especially, um, well, there's a whole other thing about music industry anyway, but just people writing stuff for the sake of writing stuff. But I do think there's stuff that people write that, um, yeah, maybe the world isn't going to connect with that and you just, you needed to write it and get it out and maybe oh, you yeah, recorded sure. it, but yeah, no one else ever needs to hear it. Like you could put play it, it on an EP. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Side project. I, yeah. I, cause I, I've learned like even with starting when I started current eight years ago, uh, I figured out not everyone, nothing like that thing for you, not every, not that thing is not as important to everyone else as it is to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's what's inside you. And so, <clears throat> you know, very well could be that this is what's inside me and I'm going to play it for my. I'm gonna play it for my friends, yeah, and it's and gonna. This is gonna be gold. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like it's just like. A, I mean, however you're getting it out, whether it be writing a song or, or whatever, <clears> it's just like <throat> writing in a journal. Yeah, just getting your. Yeah, you're your, right. Yeah, it's. You ever had that moment? Like, I've had this happen before, where I will hear the song or the scene in a movie, and I'm like, like it'll hit me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's so good. Or I needed to, like that's me. Like that's speaking yeah. directly to me. And then you try to. You try to play that for someone else, like listen to this part of yeah, the song, yeah, yeah. like listen to this lyrics, and they're just like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, That's and you're my like, life. no, no, let me play it again. That's just listen to this. <laughs> just love what I love. Just listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's yeah, but that's a that's a cool thing to me about about uh, I guess art in general because movies kind of fall into that thing where. You'll see this thing or listen to this thing, and you'll it, like it'll really hit you because it's that's where you're at in life, or that's something that you need yeah, in that moment. For sure. And the, but then you try to get someone else to have the same experience as you, and they're just they're not on the same level yeah, yeah. with you at that moment. Like, yeah, okay, great, yeah. it's an okay song. Like, no, but listen to that lyric, like <laughs> yeah. that, like yeah. listen. Yeah, there's a when we we're talking about just uh, music and in general or whatever um, about like connecting. There was. A lyric that popped up in my head. I know I've talked to you your ear off about him, but Frank Turner. Um, yeah. uh, there's a song he has. It, it might have been the first. I think it's the first song I heard of his because I didn't catch on to him until like he just before he started breaking like mm-hmm. really really big. But uh, it's a song called "I Believe" and it's just pretty much about m- just loving music and like still believing in like what music is. Yeah. And there's a song or a lyric that says, uh, "I still believe." in the need for guitars and drums and desperate poetry. And it's mm. like, and it puts it in perspective because like, especially the desperate poetry part, because by itself, that could just be ridiculous and like right. annoying. You know what I mean? Right. But like, if you put it to a song, it like suddenly something happens where like, it like hits you or connects with you or whatever. Right. Or, but sometimes, sometimes by itself, it could just run the risk of just sounding like, somebody complaining or being melodramatic or or whatever, you know. Yeah. So. True. Yeah, that's um yeah, that's that's interesting. Oh, I guess he movies the same way. Somebody makes like going back to Fantastic Four. We you know, <laughs> like just to bring it back around to that for a second. Sponsored by. I think yeah. <laughs> like I think you know, here's a here's a here's a thing. Let's just put it in Josh Let's say we put it totally in in Trank's lap. That here's the thing that he he was passionate about this take. Like this is the mm-hmm. thing that connects with me, and I think 
this is what Fantastic Four is for me, and it connects with me or how I connect to it yeah. on this level. Yeah. That it's just different. did, did yeah. not you know everyone else is not on that same level with him going yeah that like that you hit yeah. it yeah no I hear that absolutely like I was talking the other day again about specifically this like comic book movies or whatever like um it's also harder to connect I feel like with the comic book movie crowd because you're rather than just going in and seeing a good movie by itself because comic book fans all have like a preconceived notion of what <clears throat> what they want it to be mm-hmm. you know what I mean so and it's never gonna be some no no comic book movies or even just I'll say any movie based on a book in general is never going to make anybody completely happy or everybody completely happy just because you're dealing... Essentially, it's an individual, like you said, whether it be a writer or a director or whatever it is, coming in with a specific idea of what they had this character as in their brain as a kid mm-hmm. and putting that to a screen and then showing it to somebody who has a different idea of what that character was when they were a kid, right. and it's not going to line up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, but I was talking. Uh, well, my my whole thing was like the Spider Man movie or the Amazing Spider Man movies, the reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the first one wasn't the best, but I think it did a good job of rehashing the same things with kind of walking its own line. Like they had to do. <clears throat> another origin story because right. I mean they didn't have to but they rebooted it so they had to but uh the second one I liked and but my whole thing was like as a kid Spider-Man was one of my main dudes and like even if that movie sucked I was still so freaking giddy because I was seeing a first person shot of Spider-Man shooting his web at a building and swinging right you know what I mean like yeah. every kid who read Spider-Man or watched the cartoon wanted Sure. Like, to be Spider-Man and what what that looks like. And they gave it to you, and then you're just still going to shit on it because right. maybe the rhino's suit doesn't look that good. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just let it sure. go. It's not going to be perfect, but you're still you're still a grown, a grown-up with a kid inside of you who's getting what they want. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody Somebody made it. Like, it, yes. would you rather live in a war- world where they did not make it at all? Because yeah. that sucks. And it was just a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. 100%. 100%. Like, for all the things that I can, would complain about of, you know, different people being Batman or anything like that. Yeah. Batman was always my thing growing up. Like, for all the things that I could complain about of, like, well, it doesn't, like, yeah. the Batmobile doesn't look as cool or something like that. Like, they still made a Batman movie that <laughs> right. I can watch. Like, I don't have to just read it. I can watch it. I can movie. see yeah. it. And it comes back to, like, even just in comics, like, even every writer has a different take on, like, Batman. Oh, like, for sure. Like, Frank Miller's Batman is different from uh, Capullo's Batman. is diff- Or not right. Capullo, uh, Snyder's Batman. Is, yeah. You know, like, it's, uh, <clears throat> but I don't know that people who read a different author's Batman just, like, gets mad at it <laughs> just like right. starts just yelling yeah like, that's true this is the worst batman this in the a, world yeah that's true i do it too because like, well, i'm can, just as guilty about yeah. it too but like I, yeah um but i think it's i think it's great that people do it. i wish that i do wish that people were uh 
a little more forgiving about that and just looked at like, man, this guy or this girl made a thing. Yeah. And that's amazing that you made that thing. I right. may not th- I may not like it. Yeah. But also I did not make that thing. So right. go you. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> that's why I think like movies it's fascinating that movies get made. Like Yeah. Like, all right, you completed this thing. Because just to start something, people talk about doing stuff all the time. People talk right. about like I'm you know, I wish I could do this or mm-hmm. I wish I could do, you know, whatever. I wanna I wanna do this thing and I'm just like, Well go do it. Like Yeah. You can come up with a hundred excuses why you can't do it or why you can't com- can't complete that thing, but at least try it. Yeah. Like go even if it sucks and no one likes it, you completed a thing. You did it. You made it, it came from you, it was yeah. your art, it was your There's a I think it might be Todd Glass. He has a term for it. You might know it, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But like, even going back to like, even if it sucks, that you still did it. Like, going, it might be like creative people, but there's like a. I know someone's yelling at my, when Noel, my wife hears this, she's gonna just yell at her. <laughs> phone, I know what it is, but um. <laughs> so like, when you're a creative person, it like your your taste. Or your 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 skill has to grow to match your taste. So like mm. when you start making stuff, whatever it is, um, like say you start like writing music, you know, as a creative person, you know what like a good song is, right? But you have to get to the practice point of like this first batch of songs for this year isn't. A good song. I know it's not a good song yet. You know, right. like yeah. there, there's a there's a there's a curve where like your your skill doesn't match what you know to be good yet. Right. You know. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's that makes sense. Uh. But I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think in I think that's just a normal part of art in general. Like that's what craft yeah. is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Doing doing a craft, whether it be music or making a movie or doing some kind of art piece, like everyone has a learning curve. And honestly, if you're any good at what you do, you're always learning. You never get there's never a oh, point yeah. where you're like, "Yep, I'm the best songwriter that's ever lived," <laughs> right. or like, "I've I've become like I am the end all of making movies." Like I know how to I know what I, I don't need to learn anymore. I mean, I feel like people do, and you can tell. Well, they have that attitude. Yeah. Um, Michael right. Bay. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. James I, but Cameron. But to me, that's that's the thing. Like to me, that's when you start regressing in your sure. yeah. in your ability. When yeah. you feel like I've made it. This is this is how this is how I'm gonna always do the thing. Um, yeah, I, I, like I've seen it in uh, you know working in church world a lot. Like you see that kind of that kind of idea all the time of like, well, I made it to this point in my career and yeah. like I'm the, I'm the head person for this thing. And it's almost like, I don't know if it's like intentional and it's, I don't know that it's necessarily a like conscious, this is, I've yeah. arrived and that's it. But at some point I feel like people just start, just stop like, okay, I made it to this point in my career and yeah, cool. I'm here. I feel like it can, I mean, I feel like it could be either. It, it depends a lot on the, um, on the person and their personality in particular, yeah. not even like how they act, like just a personality that's waiting to kind of come up because I can either, I can see it either being, yeah, I'm here. I got what I wanted. 
and this is it. Or I can see it as somebody who, like, say you're, like, the pastor or the, the main dude at a church or, mm-hmm. or lady at a church, and um, that – so you're you're leading this whole group of people, and you're still not sure of yourself, but you still have to act like you are. Right. And it's just a thing of, like, I feel like it can creep in to the point of, like, fake it till you make it. But yeah, then, for sure. But then you're just not making it. You you're really just, make it. You're yeah. just – kind of it kind of absorbs that mentality of you know what you got going on and right yeah that's true it it can be sneaky yeah on the flip side of that too i've seen i would say success is one of the most dangerous things to um to craft or something like that because when you get really successful at the thing that you're doing it's really easy to not continue to learn about that thing because yeah you know, I think you. I, I think you could probably pinpoint and in, in most, in a lot of music or movies, makers or writers or whatever. You could probably pinpoint ones that really hit success. Like it's it's like this is where it stopped. Like I'm gonna keep doing this thing. Yeah. And I've got to I've got to stay successful. So I'm gonna stop taking the risk that it. Yeah. Trying new things and being creative. Or alternatively, you can you can kind of tell when somebody who's successful is trying really hard to reconnect with like like earlier work mm-hmm. before they made it, but like right. when they were coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I think it's Sinbad who has has the quote: um, "The comedians are funny when they take the bus, hmm. but like once they get." Essentially saying once they get big enough to like not have to take the bus anymore, they kind of lose yeah lose contact with like the real world and they stop being funny. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. I mean, you could almost apply that to to like any, anything. yeah anything yeah. yeah. It's just once you lose kind of sight of of something, you kind of disconnect yourself and yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, creativity is born out of struggle, right? Like that's yeah. where that's where the best creativity comes from. Yeah, because it forces you to. To figure stuff out, so yeah, I think there's a lot of there's probably a lot of great musicians and songwriters and things like that that could do so much better, but they've become successful. And sure. like, I've got to fit into this thing so that I stay at the level that I'm at. Yeah. You or know? do the thing that people expect <clears throat> of me now. Yeah. You know. Right. Going back to Rob Bell, that's an interesting thing that he talked about when he. He wrote his book, uh, Love Wins, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and he was on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah. And he was talking about the uh, going to the going to the uh, the grocery store or wherever and standing in line and there's Time Magazine and there he is on the cover of it. Which has gotta be a really interesting thing to just yeah. like weird yeah. see yourself like in that in that way. And so he sees it, you know, and he's like, I made, you know, I'm on the cover of Time Magazine. And then, you know, a week or two later, he's at that store again. He's standing in line and there's Time Magazine again and someone else is on the cover. Yeah. And he said, like, it hit me. One week you're on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah. The next week, week you're not. not. You know, and he's like, he goes, if it, like, success is a weird thing because if you, if success is ultimately your goal. If oh, success yeah. were ultimately my goal, that would have devastated me. Because my next thought would have been, how sure. do I get back on the cover of Time Magazine? Yeah. So instead of doing the thing that I love, yeah. 
because it's the thing that I need to do. My goal is now I got to get back on. Yeah, I gotta be you'll never be again. happy. Yeah, if success is the goal. You'll never be happy because you'll never be successful. Yeah, because <laughs> success is so maintain it. It's so arbitrary. Yeah, like, oh, Time Magazine said you're good. Cool. Like, right? Yeah, you exactly. Could, you could be a, a, you could have like ignored your family in order to get on Time Magazine, and your wife thinks you're a dick. You yeah. know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, your kids hate you. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, that's. So true, man. But, yeah. Um, do you want to touch on current a little bit? Cause sure. I, uh, I mean, because we talked about how, like, I we met, but then I actually started volunteering and working with current once we got back to yeah. flat. Rewind this episode back to when we were in L.A., and then after that Los Angeles trip, we got back to Tampa, and then I started working with, yeah. with you and, and current and all that stuff. You want to yeah. kind of go into what that was or yeah. where it came from? Yeah, so uh, – Current kind of started out as this, like, college thing, like, because of my ministry background, like, and most of the people that I knew to start with were college kids that I knew, and mm-hmm. um, that I was formerly the youth pastor or something like that, so it kind of started out as this college thing, and so you were in college at the time, yeah. and uh, um, so we, let's, you know, start with this group of people on USS campus and try to go from there and figure out, figure out what we're doing, Um and then, you know, the laundry project came along that we started doing, and that's really kind of where it kind of grew out of from yeah. there. Um, yeah, it's cool to see how just, like, the the people that came together from just going to California and that being the trip and uh, meeting you and then the other people kind yeah. of, like, down the line of your life that got involved. Yeah, just from, it's crazy. From that trip and then people that Ken knew and, uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's cool to see eight years later some of the people yeah. that are involved just that had some kind of weird small connection. Yeah, it's nutty. Um, I guess we sh- I could mention that for everybody who isn't in our circle of friends <laughs> that's listening. Um, but yeah, so – and it's crazy again. It goes back to music and it's weird. So weird. So like we said, Steven, the singer for Amberlynn, had that nonprofit – that trip was on that that was hosting that trip so i lo- like that was my favorite band i mm-hmm. mean it still is but like different way now but so i was like i think i might have been i think it might have been like my freshman year freshman year of, of college yeah so i was like oh cool so i'll go on this trip that the lead singer of like my favorite band is doing a, a non-profit organization and I, I was looking for something like that to do so i went went on the trip met you you happen to be from tampa starting your own organization current came back um this is really like rapid flash forward there everything came back um met the group that was meeting on on usf campus right um which ended up being like one of my core group of friends um and through you met brent who coincidentally was the merch guy for amberlynn right so another weird tie-in to like music in the band and then through that group of friends um at current i met noelle she was in that group of friends my mm-hmm. wife my now wife um we were best friends for years and years and then decided hey maybe maybe we like each other so <laughs> started started dating and then got married and that's just crazy and then you were in my wedding party brent was in my wedding party yeah. um michael who was um the president of the chapter at USF 
yeah. officiated our wedding. Like, yeah. bananas. All because, yeah. like... True. All because, hey, I like this band, and the singer's doing this thing. Yeah. And then people that came to your wedding from uh, from that group back that don't even live in Tampa anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. And then even going back, like, you can even follow that branching <laughs> out, like... So, like, Reed was... Reed Murray was the last episode that I recorded. I met Reed through Brent, and I met Brent through you, and, it, like, oh, yeah. it's just crazy. Like, half the people at the wedding were, like, people that I met consequently because I happened to go to Los yeah. Angeles for a week. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts, man. That's really cool. Well, what's cool, too, is just to see um, splinters of people doing different things, um, partly not to brag about current or the thing that we're doing but just like Chelsea for example who's working oh, for yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Liberty in North Korea who was introduced to that through current at USF because we did a film screening for them and, um, um, and you know doing this film screening at USF and she seeing that and connecting with that and then eventually got a job there with them and um yeah, I don't know. It's just it's cool to see eight years later people um, doing things that they love or connected with people that they love because not and it's not directly because of current, but partly due to the fact that well, yeah, and, and yeah, and it's not like you or the organization like it happens just any time there's a collection of people that are brought together for any reason like. Yeah, like like example, like my older sister was in a sorority when she was in college, and mm-hmm. then obviously you're living with a group of people. I mean, there's gonna be people you like or you don't like, but right. her <clears throat> her main group of friends. I, I mean, I sh- I could be wrong about this. Are just are those people, right? Because you're in that circumstance of these are the people I'm around. I chose to be around these people, right? And especially at that age too, though, like. Once you're, I feel like when you're in high school, you're there by circumstance, right? You know, once yeah. you get into, once you get to be a little bit older, and you start making the choice of who, who you want to decide to spend your time with, yeah, and who's important to spend your time with, I feel like that's where those, those uh, big changes and impacts start branching out from. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's sure. not to say like, I mean, I'm still close friends with people I've known since I was like 10 years old, but yeah. Yeah, me too. No, that that's definitely true because that's a pretty defining part uh, time in life anyway. Um, another small world thing, actually, what's funny is your sister's fiance was on the football team at Freedom, I think. When oh, I really? was when I was the chaplain oh, that's at awesome. Freedom High School. Yeah. yeah. So when I met him at your at your like. Uh, I think it was at your rehearsal dinner or something. He came up to me. He was like, "Hey, did you used to be the chaplain?" <laughs> That's great. For, I was like, "Yeah." Why? That's happened a few times with people. Um, like I know another friend of mine. After we had known each other for like a year or two, I was like. I think your friend used to be my youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it's cool. So it's been a, it's been an interesting eight years. And uh, we don't do USF anymore. We don't have that that chapter yeah thing there anymore. But um, but I think it kind of, I mean, this is your organization. But I feel like we kind of 
outgrew it in a way where we were able to at that time I feel like it was great because we were able we were able to impact and work in a way that that was suited for yeah whereas now I feel like um current is this thing where it doesn't necessarily need to be like a weekly meeting to talk about right uh whatever issues or whatever we want to talk about like we can just I say we but like it's your thing but can can do stuff without having to be, make a schedule around it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, just, and well, back then too, it was so trying to figure out what it was going to be, what it was going to look like, and that was part of it. You know, like we were talking about earlier, like kind of figuring yourself out at certain, at certain well, sure, times. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, everything changes. That was part of it. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a, uh, and you guys all contributed to that. I mean, it is what it is today because of all the people that were involved with it back then. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a life is weird, dude. But it is. I know. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know personally um, for current because, I mean, we mentioned like you, you have a, a ministry background and then you started current or whatever. Yeah. Current came in at a time when I was like kind of sh- shaking off, like going to church a lot and all that kind of stuff, just because it just it wasn't for me at the time. So current came in like at a or I came into current, I should say. Current came into my life at a certain time where, like, I was, like I said, like, when I went on the, the trip to Los, Los Angeles, I was looking mm-hmm. for something to actively do other than just, like, sit at church. And I wasn't right. crazy about just sitting at church. And, I mean, I, again, I was younger, and I just I had the mindset of, like, I don't need to be preached at by by someone who's just as flawed and, and, right. and weird as me, I'd rather do stuff. So current came in at a great time where I was able to do stuff. Like we did all of our our projects and our outreach programs. And the great part about it was like a lot of us were Christian and had like a faith base, but a lot of people weren't. Like I had friends who volunteered right. that, and like we never pressured people to. We never came from the angle of we're doing this. Also, we're going to talk to you about God. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, because I can't, even now, like, that still rubs me the wrong way. Like, just oh, do, yeah, me do, too. do something to, do something because it's nice and it's, yeah. it's a good thing to do. Not, right. do not come, here, I'll, I'll help you out, but only if I do, if I'm able to do this and this and this. Right. You know? Yeah, So exactly. it can't, so current kind of came into my life at a, at a good time mm-hmm. where I was able to, uh, I put a lot of focus on just doing stuff for other people for a while and it was cool and it helped me out so yeah no, that's that's awesome yeah. that's good yeah it was interesting too to this day there's a lot of people that people that volunteer for projects all the time that they would consider themselves atheists or yeah you know and they're but what's fascinating to me is that they're volunteering right next to a guy that might be a pastor at a church who's exactly. also volunteering yeah. that day and they're they're on the same level and they're having a conversation about life or just things in general, which I'm sure would happen in other environments, but those two people probably would not meet and have some type of conversation, meaningful yeah. conversation in another context. It's possible, yeah. You know, especially especially in a context like that where they're helping a community in some yeah. way. Because most of the time, like you said, it's gonna be like we're helping this community for for this you know, to help promote a church or to do this yeah, thing. Exactly. So an atheist isn't going to necessarily be volunteering there as well. Yeah. 
you know, or the other way around, like, you know, the atheist club is putting on this thing, so the Christian people are not going to be in yeah, that, sure, sure, in that environment. Yeah, and I think it's actually more responsible to even okay. So even if even if you're an individual volunteering, say with Current, who is Christian or whatever, it's more responsible as an organization. I feel like to be a little bit more hands off because we always kind of point people in the direction like if there are like it's happened to me like at, at the projects like people mm-hmm. ask like if we're a church and i'll say no we're not um but if you're interested we know this church down the street right in this neighborhood <clears throat> because you run the risk of just coming in for a couple hours doing something really good but yeah. then i mean then that's great i'm sure those people appreciate it but then come monday or whatever they need some some more help right at least they can find somewhere, whether it be a church or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, church is right, just right. an example, but like somewhere in their their neighborhood that they can. So it's good to partner. Like like you said, we all started with current started with like partnering with different yeah different people and stuff. So it's good to. I feel like it's more responsible other than just like a get in get out kind of volunteer. It's like a get in, have a good time, help you with stuff, and if you want more help, there's these different places around that yeah. suited to your needs or what you're looking for that can probably help you out. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that that leaves a lasting a lasting impact more than just hey come to our church even though yeah. you probably don't have a car right. we're on the other side of town we'd appreciate it if, right. if, you, if you could bump our numbers a little yeah, bit yeah if you can get there <laughs> yeah and if you don't it's cool we know you don't like us and you, <laughs> you, you probably don't believe in God <laughs> this is me paraphrasing <laughs> off the record you. <laughs> I mean, for some people, you're not really paraphrasing that, <laughs> that much. I love you as long as you bump the numbers. Right. As long as you come to church. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing. But whatever. That's a whole another another line That's to That's a tell. whole another podcast. <laughs> that, it's weird, man. It's been, like, I feel like we've gotten, this podcast has gotten into, like, the the church religion faith life kind of talk mm-hmm. but naturally and I've been liking it yeah not really like forcing it too much but yeah it's cool yeah that's good I mean everybody has that part to their life and it's yeah so people should talk about it more yeah but I mean also not on not on Facebook though <laughs> <laughs> okay oh never mind I was gonna say something um whatever I'll say here uh because we have another podcast on state lines with just social media. Yeah. And I was actually saving this thought because I'm going to be a guest on that one. But I'll say it here because it doesn't matter. Um, I wish Facebook or whatever it is because it's so instantaneous. Yeah. So no matter what the topic is, I wish it had a – I just wish there was a function of before you post something, you post it. But Facebook or whatever doesn't actually post it for like 20 minutes. Right. And then just alerts you like 20 minutes later like – so sure about this one? Like, right. wanna, like it yeah. doesn't matter what it is, but like... Absolutely. Because it's also in, instantaneous, like, I stole my toe, son of a bitch, I'm going to tweet about it. Right. And then, maybe not. Maybe just... Yeah. Maybe go walk away and come back for a little bit and, and see. Yeah. I think for all the good that, that uh, social media is, I think it's equally equally bad. I think in some ways it's, it's hindered um, communication with people. Even though it's supposed to make it better, and it's it can go either way. It depends on how it's used and the, and the people using yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what I'm saying. Like, 
where, you know, before, if you were going to have a conversation about, uh, let's, let's say, politics. Yeah. If you were going to have a conversation about politics with somebody, you, in some form, had a relationship with them before that. Because you would be in a context like this, either in their living room or you're having coffee with them in some way. You already know them on a personal level. Yeah. And so when you spout out your political opinion about something, the response to that is going to be different because you already have this personal relationship, yeah. personal conversation. Not even necessarily a personal relationship. I feel like I still, even if I didn't know you, and even if I thought it, if I was sitting across from you and you said something, yeah. I wouldn't call you an idiot. Yeah, because, you filter more. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah that's even if I'm, I'm thinking on the inside, like, oh, this guy is a moron. But, right. like, right. It's, and that restraint will still help to facilitate an actual conversation more than just yelling yeah. at a comment and then leaving and then right. coming back exactly. an hour later and then yelling again. Yeah. And then, you know. Right. It de- it's like social media dehumanizes everyone. So it's easy to just treat that like mm-hmm. it's not human beings on the other on the other end of it. Yeah. You know? Where um, you know, a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of negativity that people spout out about things because well you you just dehumanize whatever that thing is. Like yeah. if it's something you disagree with. Um, if you're sitting in front of someone, like you said, like your filter is going to be a little different because you're looking a human being in the eye <laughs> about whatever that thing is. Yeah. You know, it's harder for you to, unless you're just a bastard, yeah. you know. But Jason, I mean, I know you well enough. Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, anyway. So good. All right, man. Uh, we've been talking for a long time. It's because we love Probably each the other. longest, longest one. But all right, man. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to? Did you want to plug any of the current stuff, um, website or anything like that? Sure. Um, yeah. Check out uh, engagecurrent.org. See, see what we do. Um, wherever you're at, listening to it, like if it's local or wherever we. Yeah, we travel and do, yeah, do we projects. Do projects all over the country. We got some great stuff going on. So check it out. See what we do. Would love for you to get involved in some way. Cool. I back it. Do you test? Let's see if you've listened to the podcast. Do you know the the uh Nope. Nope. <laughs> you don't even have to ask the question. <laughs> I have no idea. Do you wanna say it could be worse? Is that your is that your ending? Is that your sign off? Yes. Okay. Sure. It could be worse, everyone. You added everyone. That's not what I said, Jason. <laughs> Dang it. Alright. You had one job could be worse that was already worse i hate you <laughs> oh, everybody's done <laughs>